This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. I want to talk to you about sharpening your sword. Sharpening your sword. Now think about what, what that means. The word sharpen means to make or become sharp. Make or become sharp. Sharp means suitable for use in cutting or piercing, clearly defined, having a point or edge, quick, acute, or penetrating in perception or intellect, keen awareness, attentive, vigilant, violent, sudden, and forceful. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, or another word for vigilant is stay sharp. So we're saying be sober, stay sharp. Look at your neighbor and say, stay sharp. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force. Violent is another word for sharp. Sharp people seize it by force. In the Amplified it says, As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Look at your neighbor and say, You're looking sharp tonight. Look at your other neighbor and say, It's time to be sharp. I want to pray over us and we'll get, get into the Word tonight. Father, we love you so much. And I'm thankful that your word does not return void. Father, I'm asking that you reveal your heart to us tonight. Every assignment, every purpose, every destiny, every family, every business, everything that you've called and created us to do, that tonight revelation is so strong in this place that light comes, up, comes on. And, and each and every one of us have a plan. And what we're going to do whenever we leave here with your word, to know you and be the best us that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Sharpen your sword. Now stay with me tonight because we're going to grow, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. It says, In taking the house of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm going to read it again. In taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Sharpen your sword. We're living in a day and age where it's very important that we sharpen our swords. Now, the sword that we're going to talk about tonight is the most aggressive offensive weapon that we have in our armor as children of God. At this time, whenever Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus about the armor of God, there was, there was five different types of swords during that time. And one type was a it was a, a broad, a broad-headed sword where it took two hands to, to, to use the sword, and, and they used that sword until they were defeated by the Carth Carthaginians. And then there were the next type of sword, it was you know 17 inches long and about two and a half inches wide, and it was a little easier to use. And they started using that. And then the third type of sword was like a little, a little sword that they kept inside of their coat for up-close personal contact. And, and then they had a long lance where they used like uh, for jousting and, and things like that. And it wasn't that effective unless you were in the cavalry. But the sword that Paul is talking about here 
is a Greek word that paints the picture of a very deadly sword where it was razor sharp on both sides and the tip of it was tilted up and whenever they would put it into the enemy, they would turn it with both hands, they would twist it and whenever they would pull it out, it would leave the insides of the enemy out on the grounds. So this is a very graphic sword that the Apostle Paul is talking to you and I about and, and when he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Word of God is a Greek word, rhema. And it means it is a, I want you to think about sharpening your sword. When God is talking to you and I about this word, the Word of God here, it's a quickened Word of God. It's a word that God has spoken to you that's undeniable that it's God. It's a word that is clear. It is a word that is unquestionable. It is a word that whenever the Spirit of God brings it to light, there is no, no, no doubt that it is your Father speaking directly to you, directly from His heart. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Jesus tells us about... I'm going to just move this up here if that's okay. Hopefully this isn't... Uh, whenever Jesus talks about, in John 14, verse 26... He says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. All things that I said to you. Think about what he's saying. The Holy Spirit is, is here for you and I to help us. Helper, that word helper in the Greek, is, it means comforter, it means standby, it means intercessor, it means strengthener. There's a lot of different meanings of that word, but one of the, the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to recall to you and I what the Father has said. What has God spoken to you throughout your journey? Because the word that's undeniable, that's a sword in your hand. A word that is clear, that's a sword in your hand. A word that is unquestionable, that is a sword in your hand. A word that ignites in your spirit, man, that's a sword in your hand. For, for up close and personal combat, a rhema word from God is for a specific time and a specific purpose. Whatever you're called to do, there will be swords that the Father has for you and I for us to, to take territory with these words. These words are designed by God to bring havoc upon the kingdom of darkness, to destroy the kingdom of darkness, to put Him in His place. This is when 1 John 3, 8 becomes flesh and dwells among us. This purpose, the Son of God, was manifest to destroy the works of darkness. So this sword, what, what has God spoken to you? Unquestionable, undeniable. There's no, no doubt that it's God. You know that you know. It, maybe it's a scripture that comes to life. Maybe it's a specific word that God's given you that comes to life. It's a sword in your hand to take the territory you're called to. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. Go back. Ask the Holy Spirit to recall to your remembrance the things that God maybe spoke to you 30, 40, 50 years ago. Sharpen your sword. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Now, Ephesians 6, 13 and 14, know that the sword and the loin belt, the belt of truth, they're, they're inseparable. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Notice that, that phrase there, 
having girded your waist with truth. Having girded your waist with truth. See, this belt of truth that Paul was talking about, on, on the right side there was a clip where the shield of faith rested on the belt of truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The belt of truth is the Logos Word of God. It is the written Word of God. It's what keeps everything in place in our life. It keeps the breastplate of righteousness. The more you and I stay in the Word of God, the more we realize that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we function from a place of right standing, the same right standing that Jesus had, you and I have in Christ Jesus. And it says this belt of truth on the left side was a clip where the sword of the Spirit rested. So the rhema, the sword of the Spirit, the alive Word, the quickened Word, the undeniable Word is connected to the written Word. So the more of the written word you and I get on the inside of us, the more we position ourselves for the quickened word. A lot of people want the quickened word, but they don't want to have a relationship with the written word. The quickened word, the undeniable word, is a word that you might hear tonight. Somebody else is hearing one thing, but you're hearing something else. And it's a sword handed to you to take the territory you're called to. When, you, when, when the Spirit of God is saying, sharpen your sword, He's saying, go back to what I've told you because that's a sword that gives you dominion and authority for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, help us sharpen our swords. Help us sharpen our swords. Picture your belt. How secure is your relationship with God. How, how strong are you in your right standing with God? It's connected to the Word of God. Are the shoes of peace on you? These aren't just some sandals. These are shoes that have intensity about them. They had spikes on them, some an inch, some three inches long, and they would allow them to put their feet in the ground on the battlefield that if the enemy takes them back, they're not losing ground. They're going to come back with a vengeance, but it's connected to the Word of God. Isaiah 26.3 says, Those who put their trust in me live in perfect peace. Perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. We live in a day and age where it is very important that we have peace. Wholeness, completeness, in the middle of storms, we're at peace. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Now think about the men and women of God that you know personally. Think about the men and women of God in the Bible, how they changed the course of history by simple rhema words, by swords of the Spirit. I mean, you think in Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, Noah had a quickened word, a sword of the Spirit that is probably just a few minutes, few minutes long that God told him about building the ark and explained to him about building the ark. Stay with me. This, this quickened word saved him, saved his family, and affected you and I because somebody was willing to use a quickened word. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, three verses was a quickened word that sent him on a course that separated him from his father, and it built a life of faith that affected him and it affected you and I because somebody acted on the quickened 
word, the rhema word, they sharpen their sword. You, you talk about Joseph in Genesis 37, verses 6 through 9. Just a few verses. Two short dreams was a quickened word that showed him how to position him and his family and save the nation because somebody used their sword. Somebody is counting on you to use your sword. Somebody, your sword isn't just for you. Your sword isn't so you look cool. Your sword isn't just so you can play church. Your sword isn't so you can sit on your backside. Your sword isn't because you can be average. Your sword is given to you by your father, expecting you to use it to take the territory that you're designed to get to. But you got to sharpen your sword. You got to keep it sharp. You have, you have Moses. In a, in a short short time, God reveals a quickened word to him that he's going to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. And he took his sword and he became one of the greatest leaders of mankind because he used his sword. We could go on and on with people. How about, how about Mary in Luke chapter 1 when the angel appears to her and gave her a quickened word which affected her and affected you and I talking about that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. See, a quickened word was designed by God to take territory. The word, the sword that God gives you is designed for you to take territory. Whatever situation you face, there's a sword to give you the victory. But once again, the quickened word, the sharpened sword comes from the belt of truth. Now, you don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to know pages. Just be in the game. Just be putting God first. And, and He'll quicken. He'll quicken. He'll give you the sword. I, you know, I was praying about this and, and I, I could see into the Spirit like a, like a closet full of swords for each situation that the Spirit of God would hand you for whatever situation you're facing, expecting it was designed by your Father, it's given to you by your Father for you to win. Maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in your physical body. It is the sword of the Spirit that brings cancer to its knees. It's the sword of the Spirit that brings poverty to its knees. It's the sword of the Spirit that brings racism and victimhood, and, and the list goes on and on to its knees. It's the sword of the Spirit. Martin Luther King, how did he operate? The just shall live by faith. A man has a drink. A sword of the Spirit, a quickened word, changed the course of history. You have a sword given to you by God, designed by your Heavenly Father. He's just waiting for us to position ourselves to receive the sword of the Spirit, the quickened word, the undeniable word, the certain word, the unmistakable word. What word, what sword do you need to go back and pick up and begin to sharpen? Just a few few in my life, when I won the Rookie of the Year in the PRCA, Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and He gives you a desire of your heart. That was a quickened word that I, I had to fight to the end, but it brought the manifestation of God's will. I'm in Salinas, California, and I'm spending time with the Lord, and I'm traveling and ministering, speaking all over the country at this time, rodeo, and I just won the Rookie of the Year. The next step was going to be, in my mind, a world championship, the NFR, and I'm sitting here having time with the Lord, and I have this open-eye vision. And the Lord is putting pieces of bread in my mouth. And He'd put a piece of bread in my mouth and then He would stop. And, and then He'd put another piece of bread in my mouth and He would stop. And He got up and He walked around the table. And of course, whenever He got up, I got up out of respect. And He put one more piece of bread in my mouth and He patted me on the back and He said, Now, Trey, go feed my sheep. See, that was a quickened word. It was John 21, verse 17, a quickened word. 
given by God that set the course of my life that I had no idea what I was. Lord, me, a pastor? Are you kidding me? And so I went back and I was praying and I was fasting. In John chapter 5, when Jesus walked through all the other people at the pool of Bethesda, and he goes to this one guy who'd been in a condition for 38 years, and he says, do you want to be made whole? Because, see, we can get real religious in settings like this. And, oh, God, I want everything that you have. And I want to walk in your best. And I want everything that you have. But there comes a time that you've got to put some feet to your faith. And are you willing to back up what your mouth is saying? And so I'm seeking the Lord. I'm asking, God, I want your, your perfect will. And before this, a, a guy had asked me to, to come, you know, I'd minister with him and stuff. He had nothing to do with rodeo, didn't know anything about rodeo. And he says, hey, I want you to pray about coming on staff and becoming associate pastor. And, and my spirit man was saying, oh, yeah, this is right. But my flesh was saying, oh, no, this is, <laughs> this is wrong. But when I got quiet before the Lord, he gave me a sword. Do you want to be made whole? And little did I know from that one sword, this church would start and that church would start and this church would start. And for the next several years, almost nine years, I just pastored churches and I, I laid down my, my rope and, and I sewed my horses and trailers and saddles. And, and I just pastored churches for those years because it was a quickened word that set on a course of churches and people's eternal destiny. And nine years later, it was a quickened word, Luke 16, verse 12, that I've been faithful with another man's vision and now he's given me my own vision. And I didn't know when he handed me that sword that now now we'd be reaching 40 million people a week and climbing every day. But see, a sword, a quickened word, a quickened word is designed to take territory you're created to go to. A quickened word. When it comes to my wife, there was a, a quickened word that gave me the certainty that no matter what hell we went through, that we, was gonna, we were going to kick tail and take names for the glory of God. See, it was a quickened word. What sword do you need to go back and pick up? When we went, started going on TV, it was a quickened word. John chapter 4, I'm sending you to reap where other men have sown. The harvest is not later. It's not four months. The harvest is right now. It was a quickened word because I'm telling you, when you step into new territory, the devil isn't just going to lay down and let you go and walk to victory. No, you're going to have to have something to fight with. You're going to have to know how to use your sword. You're going to have to know how to use your shield of faith. You're going to have to know how to walk with your shoulders back and your head up high and your mouth open for the glory of God. What sword do you need to sharpen? What has God told you about your finances? Start with the written word. What has God told you about your physical body? Start with the written word. What has God told you about your destiny? Start with the written word of God. What has He told you about His will? Start with the written word because out of the written word comes the quickened word and it's the quickened word that gives you the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What sword do you need to sharpen? Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Look at your other neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Now notice the, the, the sword that Paul is talking about is a two-edged sword. Remember, the sword is razor sharp on both sides with the, the, the tip tilted up, designed to leave the enemy on the ground, totally defeated in your life. Say with me. All for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. Two-edged sword. Revelation chapter 1 verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. The word two-edged in the Greek means two-mouthed. Two-mouthed. Two-edged. Two-mouthed. Say two-mouthed. 
Revelations 2.12, And the angel of the church in Paragamus write, These things says he which hath the sharp two-edged sword. In the Greek, the two-edged means two-mouthed. Say two-mouthed. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged, penetrating the dividing line of breast, spirit, and soul, joints, and marrows, and it's an exposer, sifter, analyzer, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Notice, two-mouthed. Two-edged, two-mouthed. Two-edged, two-mouthed. Why? Why does he say two-mouthed? Why does he say two-edged? Why? Why would he say this? When God quickened men, inspired men to write the Logos Word of God, the written Word of God, it came from God to them. That sharpened one side of the sword. The sword in your life is not sharpened until now it comes out of your mouth. You are the agent upon the earth. God's Word is sharp, and when it comes, it's designed by God to cut out the, the things that aren't of Him, to cut out the wrong attitude, to cut out the wrong thinking, to cut out the unforgiveness, to cut out the bitterness. One side is given to the, to the sword as it comes into your heart. Now, by the help of the Holy Spirit, the more you meditate on it, the more you think on it, the more you declare it, the more you begin to act upon it. Faith comes by hearing. Your heart gets full. And when you begin to speak it, then you give razor edge to the other side of the sword. So it can't have two edges without you. Are you with me? Two-edged, two-mouthed. But where people, why people don't get more results than they get is because they start trying to put the edge on it before the edge has done its work in them. See, we can, we can try to use somebody else's sword and it won't get the results. We can try to mimic somebody else and it won't bring the results. Yes, do what a wise man does to get a wise man results, but it comes to a place in your life that God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a sword to deal with your situation. And people, the reason they say, well, I tried it and it doesn't work because they didn't allow it to brew long enough in here before they started speaking it out here. See, how do I sharpen the sword? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I shall meditate in it day and night that I may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will deal wisely and have good success. See, meditating the word of God sharpened your sword. What has God told you? Meditate on the written word. Meditate on the, on the, the quickened word, the undeniable word, the unquestionable word, the unmistakable word. And begin to, to let it come out of your mouth. Talking to yourself. Meditate means to mutter. It means to let it roll over. It's like a cow with a bunch of cuds. You know, they, they eat it, they swallow it, they chew it up, and it comes back up, right? And then they swallow it again, and they get more nutrients out of it, and they spit it back up. This is what the word meditate means, that you're going to think on it. You're going to talk it to yourself. You're going to put action to it. You're going to start to live it. You're going to start to do it. Sharpen your sword. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 and 39, say you can't use somebody else's sword. Now what I mean by that is the, the quickened sword. 
Because see, when they came into the, to the family of God, or we come into the family of God, just like the Roman soldiers would come in, it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. When they came in, they measured their head, they measured their feet, they measured their height, they measured their width. The, each person had a shield of faith. You have the faith you need to be everything you're called and created to be. I don't have the faith that you have and you don't have the faith that I have, but you have the faith to cover your family. You have the faith to cover your destiny. I have the faith to cover what I'm called and created to do. Romans 12, 3, we all start out at the same measure of faith, but we, we step into more faith when we hear the Word, we do the Word, we apply the Word, the written Word. Remember, it's the belt of truth. And then out of that comes the quickened Word, the sword of the Spirit, the two-mouth sword, that it comes real to you. It's alive to you. It's not somebody else's revelation. It's your revelation. Now you know you're the righteousness of God. Now you know that your past is washed by the blood of Jesus. You know that you're you're the heel to the Lord. You know you're the head and not the tail. You know you're victorious. You know why? Because it's been quickened. It's been made alive to you. It's been stamped into your inner man. Nobody can take that from you. It's a sword of the Spirit designed to leave the enemy laying on the ground defeated. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. 1 Samuel 17, 38 and 39, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put, put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword. David fastened Saul's sword to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them, and David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. See, he tried to use somebody else's sword and thank God he realized that it wasn't his sword and he'd never tested it before, never used it before, so he took it off and he used what had been tested. See, what sharpens our sword by meditating on it, by, by talking it to ourselves, those faith friends that you have, you can talk it to them and you're acting on it. What's something you can do today to put feet to your faith today of this Lord, show me. The Holy Spirit will show you. How, what do you want me to do? There's always going to be an action to what He's showing you. Because you can have all the head knowledge you want. You can have all the t-shirts. You can have all the bumper stickers. You can have all the teaching CDs. But until it goes from your head down here to your heart and you start putting feet to your faith, the sword of the Spirit just stays on your belt. It stays one-sided. But whenever you start thinking it and talking it and living it and doing it, now the quickened Word starts coming to you for each situation that only the Holy Spirit can bring it to you. Only the Holy Spirit can make it alive to you. Only the Holy Spirit can make it unquestionable, undeniable. It cannot be mistaken. You know that you know that you know this is what God has said, and you have this sword, and you're ready to possess the land. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. Now, now think about the two edges. Now, I want you to get this. This is something the Lord showed me. If, if the sword is two-edged and it has to come out of your mouth in order to have power you can't have the devil's mouth and expect God's power 
One of the reasons why religion is so dead a lot of times and why we, I'm in all different types of denomination and churches and I'm always asking, Lord, show me why at this church you see sign wonders and miracles. At this church you see nothing ever happen. And one of the reasons is because people really don't realize the power of life and death being in the tongue. And they talk sickness, and they talk death, and they talk corona, and they talk the destruction of the government, and they talk death, and death, and death, and death, and then they expect God to show up. And God can't show up when you're talking like the devil. Words have creative power. Words give the enemy a right to operate, and your words give God a right to operate. But you're the only one that can control what comes out of your mouth. Part of sharpening your sword is remembering remembering what God has done. 1 Samuel 17, verse 36 and 37. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you also, think about what he said right here. He was remembering, how do I sharpen the sword? Remember the time that, that it became a revelation to you that you were forgiven. Remember the time that God healed your body. Remember the time that God provided for you. Remember the time that God spared your life. Remember the time that God, uh, He saved you. He protected you. Remembering sharpens the sword. Psalm 78, verse 41 and 42, it says they, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the unlimited one because they did not remember His power. See, when I'm remembering His power, I'm remembering His goodness, I'm remembering His faithfulness, I'm remembering that He's no respecter of person. If He did it for Moses, He'll do it for me. Heather and I, we were uh, going from here to Australia on our first trip over there. We Not this year, but we've gone over several times. We get into a situation because of Heather's past and everything. We get to Sydney, Australia, and they weren't going to let her into the country of Australia. And so we're, we're, they pull her to the side and I'm sitting here and I'm asking the Lord because I know it's going to take a quickened word in order to take the territory that we're called to. And so I'm asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what words do you need upon the earth? What words? He says, you just begin to declare the same thing I did for Moses, I'll do for you. The same thing that you did for David, you'll do for me. The same thing you did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you'll do for me. The same way you parted the sea, you'll do this for me. And the lady comes out and she says, I don't have a clue what's going on. We, don't, we never do this. She says, but you've got 12 days to be in the country, but you better be out in 12 days. We said, thank you very much. And we stuck our sword back on our belt the truth and we went on. See, it's a quickened word that will cause things that are impossible to become possible. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen the dream. Sharpen your purpose. Sharpen those words. Ask Him, the Holy Spirit will start recalling them to you. And I, don't, I know you're smart, but write them down. Write them down because, we, oh, I will never forget that. I mean, er, no, write them down. Write it down. God believes so much in writing things down. He gave us the written word of God, right? Write it down. Say, write it down. Say, I'm going to write it down. That's part of sharpening the sword. So you're thinking on what God said. You're, you're saying what God says. You're doing what God has said. You're, you're remembering the other times. You go back and pick up those swords. Because see, the swords, when you use them, they keep, they keep going forward. 
See, when I when I started a church in Midland, Texas, the Lord told me there, He was sending me there to lift limits, and the church, you know, got up within a, a few years. We had about 500 people or so there. But whenever I left, see, our TV show is still lifting limits in the Permian Basin because of the sword of the Spirit. See, when God said, light be, light was. And light still is because of the quickened Word of God. It was a two-edged sword. It was the Word of God that is powerful and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's continuing. When you use your quickened Word, when you use your sword, that's undeniable, unmistakable. You know God gave it. It is designed to go from generation to generation to generation. But he's, God's looking for somebody. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says he's looking. His eyes are to and fro over the whole earth, looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. Every one of us, let's make a decision. I'm going to pick up my sword because it's not only going to affect me and my kids, but the generation after them. The body of Christ needs to pick up our sword. We need to stand in the gap and use the quickened words. Because if you're using your sword and you're using yours and you're using yours and all of us are using ours, think of the territory that we're going to take all for the glory of God. Sharpen your sword. Look at your neighbor and say, sharpen your sword. Now, think about if, if Jesus needed a quickened word, wouldn't you and I need a quickened word? If the Father had a sword for Jesus... Don't you think that He would have a sword for us? Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. Now when the tempter came to Him, He said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now think about The devil isn't just going to lay down and let you expand the territories you're called to without a fight. So you've got to have the mentality that I don't care what the fight is, I win. You don't care how much the pressure you face, you win. You're more than a conqueror. You're a victorious warrior. You're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. Say, that's who I am. But notice Jesus' response, but He answered and said, It is written. I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit grabbed the sword, the quickened word, the, the unmistakable word, the undeniable word, and He handed it to Jesus. It was only one side sharp whenever it was given to Jesus, but now, because Jesus had been meditating on Deuteronomy 8, 3, is where He got this scripture, and the Spirit of God quickened it up out of His heart, and He said this right here, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, that was a quickened word. It was an unmistakable word. It was an undeniable word. It was that two-edged sword leaving the enemy on the ground. And he keeps going because the devil is a persistent cuss. You know that? I mean, I'm a pretty positive guy. And if you want to find something positive about the devil, he's persistent. I mean, he, <laughs> he's persistent. Verse 5 and 6, And the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, notice how he's questioning his identity. Just how he tries to come and question your identity and my identity. If you are the healed of the Lord, if you are blessed, if you are whole, if you are wise, if you are, if you are the Son of God, he goes on to say, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Notice how he goes to playing mind games with Jesus. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. See, if you just play church, Jesus 
knew not just the word in his head, because the devil teaches people the Bible all the time. Sure, I'll get some interesting comments on that one. And he makes people learn the Bible the way he wants them to learn. But Jesus just didn't know it in his head. Notice how he responds. See the Holy Spirit handing him the quickened word. Because there's a difference in knowing the word in your head and knowing the author of the one who inspired the word, who's handing you the quickened word. And Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That was a quickened word that came out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It was a quickened word. Jesus had spent enough time in the written word, in the Logos, so the Holy Spirit could hand him the quickened word, the undeniable word, the unbeatable word, the victorious word, and that was a sword that he drove right in the enemy. Let's keep going. Verse 8 and 9. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said, verse 10, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You shall worship the Lord God, and him only shall you serve. Notice, stay with me here, we're, we're getting ready to be done. Satan was offering Jesus a pass. Jesus, no, 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 let's go back to the very beginning. Whenever God came down and gave dominion and authority to Adam in the Garden of Eden, say the garden. Adam disobeyed and it separated him from God in the garden, right? So he went from the garden to separated from the garden. He went from the garden. Satan tempted him. He did not pass the temptation. He was defeated. He didn't use his sword, the quickened word of his assignment, purpose, destiny, and he was separated. Now you have Jesus coming back to take back what Adam had lost, and now Jesus is in the wilderness. Adam was in the garden. He failed separated. Jesus is in the wilderness. He rises up, uses his sword of the Spirit, the quickened word, and he goes from the wilderness to bring you and I back to the garden. See what the quickened word does? The quickened word will bring restoration in every area of our life. When Jesus came, he came back to get back what Adam had lost. Adam didn't lose Baptist, he didn't lose Methodist, he didn't lose Pentecostal, he didn't lose Buddha, he didn't lose religion, he lost relationship, he lost dominion and authority in the garden, and Jesus came to get back what mankind had lost, and so Satan knows that. And so he tries to get Jesus to bypass the cross, bypass the burial, bypass the resurrection, if you'll just worship me, if you'll just worship me, all this that Adam lost, I'll just give it to you. You won't have to go to the cross. You won't, have to be, you won't have to be buried. You won't be raised again. But notice what Jesus said. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered 
to him. What did Jesus do? The Holy Spirit brought up the quickened word from the inside of him and he used it to put the enemy right in his place. He twisted it and brought him to nothing. And he gave you and I the same power, the same dominion, the same authority. In his name you go. In my name, he says, you lay hands upon the sick. In my name, you cast out devils. In my name, you speak with new tongues. In my name, in my name, in my name, take the sword and take new territory. Realizing that there's going to be a fight, but you are designed to win. Realizing that there's going to be a fight, but your father already designed all of the armor for you, expecting you and I to take the territory and win all for the glory of God. But you've got to sharpen your sword. We're stepping into a, a time in this world that we're going to see the glory of God like we've never seen before. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles, but it's going to take people not just sitting on their backside, but they have their sword out and it's sharp and they're willing to use it wherever God tells them to go. I keep seeing a, a, like a messenger of the Lord pointing to certain harvest fields and whenever he points, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready to go, and we've got to take them out of the kingdom of darkness, bring them into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We've got to be willing to kick tail and take names all for the glory of God. Yes, sir. But it's going to take a sharp sword. You don't want to take a butter knife to the battlefield, do you? Take your sword. What swords have you laid down? Just like he said, take, take up the whole armor of God. It's the same way. He's saying... He's saying to take up, in other words, to the church at Ephesus. This was the most powerful church upon the earth at this time. And he's saying, guys, you've laid down some things. You've laid down your, your shield. You've laid, taken off your breastplate of righteousness. You've taken your helmet off. He says, like now, like never before, you need to take up the whole armor of God. The same way that you laid it down, make a decision to put it back up again. And God is saying, sharpen your sword. The same way that at one time maybe you were hungry and on fire for God, but maybe you laid down your sword because life just knocked it out of you time and time again or maybe it's been difficult, or maybe it's taken longer than what you thought it would take. No, get your sword back out and sharpen your sword. How? By meditating on what God has said, by speaking what God has said, by doing what God has said, by remembering how merciful God has been to you. Has, it, has God been merciful to anybody? Remembering how gracious God has been to you. Remembering the times that He saved you and healed you and delivered you and set you free and how He's putting your life back together again. Sharpen your sword. Sharpen your sword. Spend some time tonight writing down the swords, the quickened word, the unmistakable word, the undeniable words, the, the words that you know, you know, you know. And ask them if it's been a long time since you've heard any of them, get quiet in the presence of God. And ask the Holy Spirit. He's faithful. He'll talk to you about what you're created to do. He'll talk to you about why He gave you the word that He gave you, the sword that he, he gave you. He didn't give it to somebody else. He sees the potential in you. He sees the greatness in you. He sees the victory in you. He expects you, when you stand before God, you're not going to be accountable for just what you did do. You're going to be accountable for what you were created to do. And you know how many people have never picked up their sword? 
and the Holy Spirit's been, been trying to hand it to them, and they just walk right by because they're too busy. They just walk right by. The Holy Spirit's just holding it out right here, and they just walk right by because it's going to be too difficult. And they come back by, and the Holy Spirit's holding out in front of them again, and they just keep walking because I don't want my friends to hurt. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want people to reject me. I don't want religion to reject me. No, and the Holy Spirit's saying, come on, take the sword, take the sword, take the sword. On the other side of the battle is all the harvest, is victory that you, it's so greater than what you can see right now if you'll just take the sword and if you'll use it. Sharpen your sword. 